Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, podcast listener. Hope you're doing all right. Thank you very much for clicking play on yet another episode of the Euro Trip. And yet again, I'm giving you reason to reconsider that decision because I tell you that we recorded this podcast before the news that the Netherlands had selected their artist for Turin. Now, there's nothing we could do about that, so there will be no reaction to that very exciting news, to the exciting news that the Netherlands are going to sing in Dutch in Italy. But needless to say, at some point, we will be talking about that on the podcast, but not on this episode. However, there is plenty to stay for, so I hope you enjoy what you're about to hear, and I'll leave you to this week's episode of the Eurotrip. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Euro Trip. The weather is getting colder, if anything damper. I just took a trip to the post box to uh, post some Christmas cards, didn't realise it was raining and I'm a little bit moist if anything. But Jameson, oh, oh we don't like the use of the word moist? No, I just, just the amount of words you used there, what an array, moist, damp, oh honestly, how, how, how very, I don't know, carry on with the relevant topic in hand. I was going to say all similar synonyms, but I'm not sure that's uh, that's correct either. Yeah, the bad news though, maybe the weather is pathetic fallacy because James, me and you, not unfortunately anymore going to Paris for junior Eurovision. We are not. It was always the plan. We had everything booked. We had our press accreditation, our hotels, our flights, all that sort of thing. But as I'm sure you've probably seen the uh, the news surrounding travel restrictions and 
COVID tests and all that sort of thing, uh, we've decided that it's no longer possible. But there is some good news. Every cloud, as they say, has a silver lining, doesn't it? It certainly does. To be honest and open with you, everybody, we just couldn't afford it because, you know, me and James do this podcast off our own back. We don't really get paid for it. So, uh, so yeah, we couldn't really afford the extra testing. But as James said, silver lining, ahoy. There it is. I can see it out the corner of my eye. I can't. It's still running outside. But we are still going to bring you some very, very special shows in the build-up to this year's Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Not one show, not two shows, not three shows. I think four, still TBC, but I think four shows, four bonus episodes in the build-up to this year's Junior Eurovision Song Contest. So all your Junior Eurovision needs will be met between now and the final next week. Yeah, absolutely right. December the 19th is the day of the final this year and we'll have plenty of coverage to keep you across everything. But for now, because there's plenty of junior and Eurovision news to talk about and plenty of special guests joining us this week, it's time for the Euro trip. As you know, Lassandra always said, take it away. Hi, we are Daniel Kakamagne and you're listening to Euro trip. I don't close any doors. I love Eurovision, I love Lindsay and it will always be a part of me. That night I found myself live on Russian state television for, for Russia's Song for Europe. I said to Joe, send BBC Teenage Life. Maybe two weeks later, I was at a press conference and I was on Making Your Mind Up. Everyone was like, Eldar, come, celebrate with us. The end of filming, they put honey on my face and I needed to be, you know, sexy with this honey on my face. Hi there, my name is Martin Estudal. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, James. Me, Rob. And joining us today in what's becoming a long list of heads of delegations that join us here on the podcast is Stig Carlson, the head of delegation for Norway. How long is that list? Michael Keeley and Stig Carlson's? That's a two-person list. But also, remember, I think it was about this time last year, Lawrence Bubno from Hungary. He was a head of delegation. You can't forget him, can you? Of course, of course. Sorry, the list is longer than I first thought. But very excited not only to have Norway's head of delegation on the podcast, but to have a man called Stig on the podcast, because it's not often that you have a Stig on the Euro trip. It isn't, is it? Is he the first Stig on the podcast? He probably is. And it's great to have him because it's safe to say not only is he the head of delegation for Norway, he's been in that role since 2016, but he is a through and through Eurovision fan. And also, God, his CV is very long. He's also the executive producer of Melody Grand Prix. And this clip gives you a little bit of an idea about just how much he was destined for this role. When I was a kid, I was actually um, watching Eurovision and I was uh, going into, into my room and building like Eurovision stages with Lego. And, uh, and now I get to sit with, uh, you know, this design group who, who make our own Eurovision stage in Norway. So that, that's, that's, yeah, it's a dream come true, actually. And we've both been very, very busy this week, because while James has been chatting to Stig, I have been chatting to one of the artists who's hoping to represent their country at Eurovision in 2022. We asked for your messages last week. Well, this week, I bring you Judy from the Czech Republic. So we've got all that and more to come. You're listening on Acast, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. 
Hello everybody, welcome along once again, as we've already said, to another episode of the Euro Trip. Insert bit here about us being delighted that you're here. We are, I promise, but we do say it every week. It's so lovely to, to have you along. And you're going to be hearing a lot more of us over the next week or so, because as we mentioned at the top of the show, loads of special episodes on the way next week as we build up to junior Eurovision in Paris. Not in Paris, but we made almost live from Rotterdam work and almost live from Paris. It's got a special ring to it. It certainly does. And it's safe to say we've got some uh, special stuff planned. We've got some exciting people who are going to be joining us. Rob, can you give us a bit of an idea about who you're going to be speaking to later on this afternoon? Later on this afternoon, I am going to make a special call to a Mr. O'Leary. That's a good enough tease, I think. Get your guesses in. You don't have to, but at least have a think about who that may well be. I can guarantee you, you won't be correct. Yeah, it's not the man that runs Ryanair. Needless to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, uh, I want to talk about some of the tweets we've had in the last uh, seven days or so, because I remember opening up my Twitter app on my phone and I saw a tweet from uh, from Sophie and it just said, of course, it's at Eurotrip Podcast. And I thought, what's all this about? And I looked at the image and it was from her Spotify wrapped, of course, all that kicked off last week. And it was to say that her most listened to podcast on Spotify this entire year was us, the Eurotrip. That is just remarkable, isn't it? Thank you so much, Sophie. It's very exciting, honestly. I had so much joy just looking at all of your messages. We've got loads on on Insta, loads on Twitter as well, and a few people just sort of messaging me as well, saying, you're our number one podcast. And I cannot even tell you how much that means, because, you know, what are we? What are me and James sitting at different ends of the country, rabbiting on about Eurovision every week? But it seems that uh, that a lot of you enjoy it. We're lucky enough to be joined by some great people every week. And, and it's so lovely to get those messages. It makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, it's so, so special. There's a few more. Allow us to gloat for a little moment as we read out some of the messages that some of you guys who have the Eurotrip as your favourite podcast. I enjoy this bit of the podcast, which is insert social media posts here about how great Rob and James are. <laughs> I'm going to read them anyway. Uh, at ESC fan M said, not surprisingly, the Eurotrip was my favourite and most listened to podcast this year. Thank you for the year full of quality Eurovision coverage. Jamie, thanks for keeping me company in the spare room and office and the occasional commute. It's been a smashing fun to listen to. Uh, Scotty replied to him saying, I'd like to echo Jamie's words. And also Liam, thank you at Eurotrip podcast for a great year of content. Thank you so much, everyone, whether you tweeted us or whether you want to keep it to yourself because you're a bit embarrassed that way, your favourite podcast. But we, but honestly, thank you so much to everyone who's listened throughout the year. And it's safe to say we've got plenty more episodes to come before the new year. We certainly do. Loads of exciting ones. So hopefully stick with us for those. I saw one as well. I think somebody in Mexico is listening to the podcast, which is very, very exciting. So uh, thank you to all of you, wherever in the world you are listening to this podcast. And thank you to loads of you as well who got in touch with your questions for one of today's guests. Now, you may remember we mentioned on last week's podcast that we would love to hear from anybody who was hoping to represent their country at Eurovision this year, or in 2022 rather. And we got a very exciting message on our Instagram, which I will tell you all about a little bit later on. But needless to say, it got us an interview with Judy, who is representing or hoping to represent the Czech Republic with their song Yazinki. And it was so exciting to get some of your questions, which I was able to put to them in the interview, which you'll hear a little bit later on. So thank you to Co, who messaged to say, 
do they already have a vision for the staging you'd want to bring to Eurovision? Love Eurovision fans getting ahead of themselves. Uh, something that uh, Hooper Hall on, on Twitter also did. Uh, they tweeted to say, when you win Eurovision, what will you say when you pick up the trophy? Bit soon. I would say, given that Judy isn't quite representing the Czech Republic yet. But you'll hear me ask some of them questions as well. Another question, Hugh, I think you sent in. I asked them all about that. So uh, those on the way. So if you've got any questions or comments or anything about the podcast, and just to keep up to date with us generally, you can do on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Eurotrip Podcast. Or for any of your longer messages, that's hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. It is indeed time for all the very latest news from the world of Eurovision and, James, the world of junior Eurovision, because if we've not mentioned it enough, not long to go now, just over a week and a half to go. It certainly is. I can't remember how many days it is, but I've definitely written it down in the notes somewhere. So if you can't be able to go and check your calendar right now, just wait about two minutes and I'll tell you for sure how many days it is. Also, the irony that you can't remember how many days it is when we're now in single digits, I think, aren't we? Uh, well, no, I don't think we are in signal digits, are we, if you think about it, because it's Wednesday, and surely it's more than nine days. I'm going to hazard a guess it's 11, but we'll find that in a minute. We've talked long enough. Shall I just do the news anyway? I think so. Crack on. Well, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we actually have our very first song for Eurovision 2022. Bulgaria's Intelligent Music Project revealed the song Intention on national TV at the weekend. Let's take a listen to that. <laughs> Nice to hear the first song out of the blocks there. They say that the song raises the question of each of our personal inner struggle with the outdated patterns of faith and behaviour that pull us back. Always nice to hear a little backstory of a Eurovision song, isn't it? Also, excitingly, that's only the first song we'll get this month, with Albania and the Czech Republic also choosing theirs before the new year. Uh, In the Czech Republic, the seven artists competing to represent the nation have been announced. They include Ellis Moraz, who competed in the selection back in 2020. A global fan vote is open now until the 15th of December. Those votes will be teamed with a 50% jury vote and 25% Czech public vote. That's on the Eurovision app, by the way. So you can go and download that from your app store and take part in the vote globally, no matter where you are in the world. Now, last weekend, the third quarterfinal of SD Lyle took place. Five more artists have qualified to the semi-finals, including 2018 representative Alina Nechayeva. The acts for the fourth semi-final this coming weekend have also been announced. They include Ott Lepland, who represented Estonia in Baku in 2012. The artists for San Remo have also been revealed for the competition to represent the home nation of Italy in Turin next May. They include Eva Zanici, Gianni Morandi, Massimo Ranieri, Emma Fabrizio Moro and Mahmoud, who represented Italy at Eurovision in 1969, 1970, 1971 and 73, 2014, 2018 and 2019, respectively. 
whew, a lot of talent in there. And also, speaking of Sanremo, we have to wait until that competition is over until we find out who is hosting Eurovision itself next May. Uh, Philip Kirgeroff, the man who was part of the team that brought us uh, Natalia Gordienko earlier this year, and most notably, Sergei Lazarev back in 2016 and 2019, has teased that he's involved in a song for 2022. He told Russian media, the track is almost ready, the artist is ready, I think my choice will not disappoint you. Very excited to see what he brings there. Also, as we record right now, we think the list of names has been revealed for Lithuania's national selection. Uh, that includes Ayeva, who represented the country back in 2018. And finally, a bit of junior news for you. If you happen to live next door to La Seine Musicale, then I'm afraid you've got some very noisy neighbours who have just moved in next door as the stage construction has begun. As we count down, here we go. The 11 days until the live show on December the 19th. When you talk about the neighbours at Le Seine Musicale, are they not the fish? I suppose so, because it's just on a little island in the in the river by itself, isn't it? I don't think they've actually got any neighbours. I don't think so. I don't think so. Which is, you know, ideal when you're building a junior revision stage, I imagine. But some of the some of the pictures look very, very exciting. So, uh, oh, it's just very exciting that the contest is so close now. Our first big contest a little moose bouche to warm us up for uh for turin next year what a tremendous phrase moose bouche i love it yeah i don't know what a moose bouche means to be precise <laughs> i don't know what it translates as it's just like little little starter isn't it moose bouche i don't know it certainly has been a very busy week for us here on the Eurotrip podcast we've been speaking to lots of interesting people james you later on this week have got two interesting chats that we're hoping to bring you between now and the new year and on Monday, I was very excited to have a chat to two very interesting people. James, you mentioned the Czech selection, or ESCZ, I believe, as they call it, which is very exciting. I saw a tweet the other day saying petition for the Czech Republic to officially change their name to ESCZ. What, the country itself? The entire country? <laughs> the entire country. I'm not sure how well it would go down on the streets of Prague. But anyway... Very excitedly, we've got some really cool songs in that selection. None more so, I would argue, than that from Judy and the song Yezinki, which is produced by a London-based producer here in the UK who's called Joshua James. And I was fortunate enough to have a chat to them both. But how did that come about, James? Because last week we asked, of course, didn't we, can people get in touch if they're hoping to represent a country at Eurovision? Yeah, we did. And... Honestly, we didn't know if anybody was going to get in touch. But remarkably, somebody did. Somebody slid into our DMs over on Instagram. We are at Eurotrip Podcast if you want to go and give us a follow there. And yeah, we were quite amazed that somebody got in touch and said, well, actually, I manage somebody who has entered a song into a national selection. Would you like to chat to them? And of course, the answer was yes. And then, even more excitedly, we discovered that the act and the producer's song had made it onto the list for the Czech Republic's selection process this year. So, needless to say, it was very exciting to chat to Judy and the producer, Josh James, all about the song Yazinki. Now, very fun thing. Judy was wearing some incredibly long nails, which goes with the vibe of the song. But it did mean she had, honestly, an awful lot of difficulties trying to log into the Zoom. Imagine trying to use a keyboard with nails that are about, I don't know, three inches long. Tricky. So they eventually got there. You've never done that yourself, then, have you? You never had really long nails and struggled to use your laptop? No, I've just started playing netball and have to cut them. 
Uh, is that part of the uh, is that part of the procedure? Uh, sorry, Rob, uh, your nails are a little bit too long today. Here's a pair of clippers. No, genuinely, genuinely, the referee brings along a pair of clippers. One girl <laughs> bit hers off last week, so she could play. <laughs> Honestly, anyway, back to the matter at hand because uh, we've got so much to fit into today. The reaction to Judy's song Yazinki has been amazing. People are very excited about the prospect of them potentially representing the Czech Republic at Eurovision next year. So I started the interview by asking Judy and producer Josh how it felt to finally be announced as one of the candidates to represent the Czech Republic in Turin. Yeah, it was uh, it was really beautiful to be there and to meet like people personally. The moments like this where we can meet and kind of feel the spirits together and uh, be emotional about, you know, like it was really intense today. It was beautiful. And it must have been incredibly exciting to see the reaction to the song already that we've seen on on social media so many people are so so excited about your entry it's it's amazing uh, i mean i i i knew like what i'm bringing so it's like it doesn't surprise me like so much uh, which kind of reaction are are coming back because uh, i knew what i'm doing like what i what what is the power of the song because i i really think i kind of put some magic formula like some kind of uh, spell that it stayed inside and it's still magical for me like there is like something about uh that and Josh can I think say also uh like his own experience where we created the song that like since the beginning I felt that it like from the very first moment there was like some magic Josh it's such a unique sounding song you know it sounds so different to any of the other tracks that are are in the selection process just talk to me a little bit about how the collaboration first came about and how you became involved in the projects in the first place. Yeah so uh, I was in Czech Republic in September uh, for some sessions and then Judy and I met and I think on the day it was kind of the sessions I'd had before that were like kind of like your typical like pop r&b hip-hop like typical those kinds of sessions but then when judy came in the room like i don't know it was just like there was kind of an understanding that we would just be doing something different that day you could just kind of feel like the energy that day was a bit different and so she said she wanted to we should try and like do something a cappella. i was like okay cool that's very different um no thoughts of eurovision or anything like that we were just like let's make a song and then we were just slowly like building all the parts like I was arranging kind of like the vocals and stuff she was coming up with different melodies and things like that and we were just piecing it bit by bit by bit by bit and kind of like shaping the sound of the song and everything like that and by the time we got to the end like I think we knew that the song was special. As uh, Josh said like it was so uh, fluent and so organic it just you know like it was like there was something about the day. It was like some energy in the air, and we we didn't even thought so much about it. We didn't even spoke so much. Like we were just, and everybody was doing like everything spontaneous, you know. Like it was just there. I think it was just like the constellation of the people in the room of this of the place because we were in an amazing uh, place, like close to the woods and like one lake, and it was really magical. And I think also the vibe of that gave me the idea to call the song Yazinki, which yeah. is like a special word. Like I would like to explain because I think like, mm, I have no idea what, what does it mean maybe. And uh, so it's a, uh, Yazinki, it's a word for a wild woman. 
from the Czech woods. It's um, there. There is like one fairy tale that those women uh, try to like steal a little boy and bring him into the wood and then to uh, eat him alive. It's a story for a fairy tale for kids. But uh, <laughs> so I found it interesting to like I don't know why that day came on my mind this word and uh, I just like transform it and into the um, into like. Um, how to say, like, to represent our fears, that the Ezinki would be like the perfect synonyms, or how to call that yeah. word, uh, for, for representing our fears. Tell us a bit more about about you as an artist, because I've seen loads of people on social media saying that they've listened to Yazinki and that has made them go back and listen to your previous songs, and they've discovered you now as an artist, and they they've loved oh. listening to oh, you. Yeah, yeah I didn't read. I didn't have time to read all the comments. <laughs> uh... So, so for our listeners who have you know who have heard Yazinki, they've they've listened to that song and they want to go back and they want to discover more from you. You know, describe yourself as an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the point is that I have never felt, and it's also um, the situation of my life since I born. Like I have never felt to be part of any group of people. I, I always felt like I just felt like I didn't fit into any box. I created like my own community, and I I decided like I want to do the stuff. Uh, just uh, I had really a period of my life that I connected like uh, deeply, like on my let's say some spirituality, uh, which I start, I started to more listen to my body, myself, like my um, third eye, let's say, or, and I just started to don't care, like what, you know, what, because until I, when I was teen and so on, there were so many things like from outside, like you care, like what people say, like, what if I do this, like, what are they going to say or how they're going to feel? And this is really hard think like I think a lot of people they still like challenge like even it doesn't matter what age you are like it's just something that just eats you alive sometimes and I just like since the moment it came so spontaneous that I just felt like so uh I closed myself into my world I started to connect with people that I love that I feel that we have something uh, in connection that they make me feel good and I started to create like my own community of people of artists of independent artists of really creative amazing people that we just uh, try to connect our powers superpowers and uh, we try to do something uh, what we you know some something yeah creative or inspirational we try to move the borders always like further we, we had a question from from Hugh on on our Twitter who asked have you got any artists that inspire you which artists inspire you when I was uh when I was a little girl I had like a lot of posters and of course like I had like some idols and so on and then I just then I just started to feel like I don't know like persona like the and I almost like didn't want it to follow so much that other people they do because I felt that I can be kind of influenced so much from that and I always wanted to you know like find my own enthusiasts and points that I can connect little pieces together and create something that is mine 
Josh, I wanted to, to ask you, because you've worked with some, some brilliant people. You've worked with, with Lucas Graham, DJ Semtex before as well, of course. I bet you never thought you'd produce a song for Eurovision, did you? <laughs> never, ever. <laughs> Honestly, never. Um, like, when we found out that... Um, when Judy told me, like, oh, like, Eurovision might be a possibility, I think, like, we should submit the song. I was like... Okay, I've obviously heard of Eurovision, but I know that the UK is really bad at Eurovision, traditionally. Like, I've not watched a Eurovision maybe since I was, like, really, really young. So she kind of had to, like, explain to me, like, the process and the steps and how the voting works and all of that. So it's kind of, like, made me become, like, more engaged in in the process and stuff. Um, But, yeah, I never thought in a million years that I would, like, get get an opportunity like this which is like so amazing like even if we didn't win Eurovision even if we just the fact that we've got this far to like be one of the final six or seven songs like to represent Czech Republic is huge like for me because it's it's just such a unique like huge opportunity and platform and yeah like I'm looking forward to obviously I'm I think we have the best song so uh, that's just why I feel I think we have the best song so I think we should definitely get to uh, represent Czech Republic um but yeah I never in a million years like thought like I'd be able to like do this never crossed my mind so like it's a really like pleasant surprise and a great way to end the year as well it's been a really really good year yeah Josh I had a, a spy on one of your Instagram stories uh before it was I think from your time in the Czech Republic and I think our listeners would be uh interested here I think you were partying with Albert Cherney from from Lake Malawi did I spot him yeah, on your yeah, stories? Yeah 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 Albert's really really cool man really really nice guy super friendly guy um I think when I met him like he was telling me how he lived in London for a bit himself as well and stuff like that um and yeah he's really really cool super talented guy. Eurovision fans love to get ahead of themselves and we had a we had another question for you which was have you even thought about what the what the staging for the song could look like if you get to perform it live even perform it of course at Eurovision if you win have you got any any ideas for the staging already oh yeah uh it's uh, as I really do care for the visual side of music uh there's always uh, some clear vision about how it should what's the story like what's the extension of the story there is like definitely something about some ritual dance and like some connection of the energies and uh we have like uh each detail really thought well so like whatever you see like whatever it's just like some symbols or the colors or or everything has like its own reason why we use that because we want to express something or or you know transmit some kind of type of feeling or or energy so yeah, that would be definitely, I think, very, very mystic, um, very mystic moment and experience. Really yeah. exciting. Well, Co, there you go. They have thought about it. I'm going to ask both of you just before I let you go, uh, Josh. What have you got to say to the the voting public? Of course, you know people can go out there, people can vote for the song. You have both talked about how much it was brilliant to work together and to create such a such a masterpiece of music. So, Josh, what have you got to say to everybody first? do the right thing you know what to do because you know that this, this is the song that needs to represent Czech Republic at the next Eurovision um so if you feel no honestly no pressure but if you do feel like the song is special and when you hear it it makes you feel something then 100% you need to actually vote don't just tweet about how much you like it or like like you know like actually go download the app 
vote, you know, because we need the votes. I kind of always went like against like the flow or like uh, against everything that was like kind of normal and what in normal and what worked like here in I mean, I'm talking about the Czech scene. And so I felt like many times in the position of of the underdog and I was like, uh, mm, I it, this kind of made me the the power and the decision like why to go there. So I was like, I need to stand for for this. I need to stand for all the people that they they feel that they are not maybe like you know listened or like heard and they don't have enough space to explore or talk or or you know for communities of people uh for uh people that yeah it's it's uh it's just like something that some energy like pure energy i i would like to create and uh i would like the community of people uh can grow and we can just um find find the light you know that it's just uh, somehow connect us with the music and and some good vibes and make us feel something yeah well best of luck it's been so good to talk to you i really hope this is just the start of the journey obviously we'll catch up again when we're in turin you'll be about to sing at, at the eurovision that's the future that's the dream hopefully but it's been brilliant judy and josh thank you so much for joining us on the euro trip thank you, thank very, you for- very much appreciate nice. it this is the Euro Trip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. That's right, you're listening to the Eurotrip. Plenty still to come on today's episode. And just how great was it to chat to Judy and Josh James after we asked last week, are you hoping to represent the country at Eurovision? And they got in touch. It was simple as that. Uh, hopefully we'll chat to them again as well. If they happen to progress, it'd be great to find out what happens after you get selected as an act for Eurovision. And also, if you're listening and you've entered a song or you know a friend or your brother or your cousin's dog has entered a song, <laughs> we'd love them to get in touch as well. So feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram. Send us a DM or a tweet or whatever at Eurotrip Podcast or send us a, an email, hello at EurotripPodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. We certainly would. I'm trying to work out what selection the cousin's dog is most likely to be <laughs> taking part in. Lithuania, Latvia, Romania, maybe. Maybe Michael Keeley didn't mention it. And maybe they're, uh, they're part, <laughs> part of the Irish, uh, Irish selection. Who knows? I guess we'll have to wait and find out. But it would be lovely if you would get in touch. So uh, hopefully we'll hear from a few more of you who are hoping to try and represent the country at Eurovision next year over the next few weeks. But, James, at the start of this episode, I almost halted you mid-sentence because I've received a Facebook message. Now, this is already very exciting because you wouldn't normally tell me about this. No, on the face of it, it does sound very exciting because, of course, me and you, we reach out to a lot of people trying to get them on this here podcast. And I thought, somebody's come back to me because, James, I have got a Facebook message from Destiny. No. What, the destiny? Well, here is where things get a bit interesting. I thought it was from destiny, so I immediately jumped to reply. I realise it's actually a destiny who has uh, messaged me on Facebook because she wants to pick up the free mop that I'm currently giving away (laughs) on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, God, what a... Oh, what a come down that must have been. It's Destiny, the winner of Junior Eurovision a few years ago. Oh, oh no, just some random woman in South London who wants to pick up a mop. 
But needless to say, there was very nearly a miscommunication in Destiny from South London who wanted to come and pick up the mop almost ended up coming on to chat about her time at Junior Eurovision. So <laughs> thankfully, I managed to make sure those wires weren't crossed before it was all too late. Oh, dear. So uh, what we're trying to say there is uh, if you uh, want a mop, then you can message Rob directly. If you want to come onto the podcast, at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. That's where you want to you, know, you want to get that right, don't you? Yeah, no, you certainly do. Those are the two distinct, different <laughs> communication channels. So make sure you don't get those confused. Um, if you do want the mop, then you'll have to come and pick it up, I'm afraid. I'm not going to pay for postage of the mop. But it is free. Uh, it's plastic. It's red. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, we've just treated ourselves to a new one. So if, if you want a mop, if you're listening, I just want to clarify that this isn't what this part of the podcast is going to turn into, like Rob's tat that he wants to get rid of, this free advert every week. Just the mop if you're interested. This is the Euro Trip. Right then, shall we get to something a bit more relevant and leave Rob's mop behind? Because we've got plenty still to come. And when I say plenty, I mean one big interview with Norway's head of delegation, Stig Carlson. Very excited to have Stig on the podcast. I said earlier, just because he's called Stig, which is very exciting, and Stig Raster's not come on, so Stig takes the crown as first Stig on the podcast. And we are going to find out all sorts about Norway's approach to Eurovision, about next year's Melody Grand Prix. Honestly, it's a great one, so make sure you stay tuned, because James, you had the honour of chatting to him. I did a couple of days ago, early this week on Monday, actually, I sat down with Stig and he's just a lovely guy to begin with because often you wonder, ooh, he's a head of delegation, is he stern, is he angry, is he very direct and straight to the point? No is the answer to that. He's so laid back and so genuine and so lovely, so accommodating and it was lovely to sit down for a chat for about half an hour, 40 minutes on a very cold Oslo evening, 8pm his time I think it was, so I dread to think how cold it was in Oslo at that time. But we chatted about all sorts. It's safe to say he's a Eurovision fan through and through. So we talk about Eurovision itself. He's been the head of delegation since 2016. We chat about Melody Grand Prix and find out a couple of little bits of info that you won't have heard anywhere else about the selection show that's due to start in January next month. But I began by asking for his thoughts for a little bit of a debrief on Norway's result with ticks in Rotterdam earlier this year. You know, MGP, the Norwegian selection for Eurovision, was such a big success. And Tix is the biggest pop star in Norway. And he gotten even bigger with, you know, joining MGP. And he won. And he had a number one hit single. And he had a very, um, you know, important message that he also got to bring to, to Rotterdam. Uh, we came in at 18th I think um, was our position and of course everybody is dreaming about you know top 10 or, or even you know winning that, that is the, the great great um, aim for everybody so uh, of course we wanted to you know be number one like everybody else but um, there was a lot of things to be happy about and it was quite a success for MGP and takes that you know during the last year so you know, success comes in many layers and we're quite happy. May I also congratulate you on a wonderful publicity stunt with Tix and Defendi? Or, or are you going to tell me that that was all real? Give us the, give us the backstory for that, that for people who can't remember quite back uh, to that event. You know, it, that happened uh, naturally. Uh, it, it was actually not 
uh, PR stunt. Um, of course, it, it was great for both Azerbaijan and Norway that we got that kind of attention, but there was actually something special going on there. Um, and of course, it's difficult to, you know, fall in love or whatever uh, with someone that far away, and especially at these times when you can't travel. So um, it is what it is, but it, it was quite, it was, there was a bit of a romance something. there, actually. <laughs> yeah, something. Should we talk a little bit about you as, as your role? Because as we introduced you, you're the head of delegation for Norway, but there's a, there's a lot more to it as well, isn't there? Give us an idea about the other aspects of, of your role as well. I have different roles in this, you know, I'm the musical director or whatever you can call it. Uh, I'm the one who get to go out and do songwriting camps and, you know, uh, talking to the, uh, to the record companies and the artists and the producers and songwriters and trying to get them to write, uh, come up with the best stuff for MGP and then hopefully write the winning song for Eurovision. So uh, and my other role is, you know, being the executive producer for Melody Grand Prix, the Norwegian selection, which um, which is a big production. It's it's really big. It's a lot of people involved, and I have a great team with me, of course. But leading uh, that big big TV production takes up my whole year, actually. But um, it's great fun, and you know, this is my life. It's my passion. You know, music and doing big, big television productions. So um, it's great. I think that's the thing people won't necessarily realise. You know, when they hear you're the head of delegation, they might think that's a job that takes up maybe two or three months of the year. But for the rest of it, being the executive producer of MGP, you said that's an all-year job. That's, you know, you're doing that all year round. Well, yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of... um, radio uh, things that we do there's a lot of social social media and internet stuff uh there's a lot lot of media stuff that we do and there's so much going on behind the scenes that people have no idea about so there's a lot of yeah it's a lot of work was that a dream job for you was it a dream come true when you got the role of head of delegation and executive producer have you been a fan of Eurovision and Melody Grand Prix growing up yeah, actually, actually, I have, um, and I grown to be a bigger fan when I started working with it. And then I realized how really, really big it is. Of course, everybody knows that that it's big, but uh, when I got to, you know, know the f- uh, fan clubs and got to um, see how many people that are so engaged in this, um, I realized how powerful this is and how important it is so uh, when I was a kid I was actually um, watching Eurovision and I was uh, going into into my room and building like Eurovision stages with Lego and uh, and now I get to sit with uh, you know these um, this design group who who make our own Eurovision stage in Norway so that, that's that's yeah it's a dream come true actually yeah are you are you still using lego when you're coming up with a stage design so it's a bit more high tech now <laughs> yeah um, we're, we're using a lot of 3d animation stuff but um uh, it's not a bad idea actually to bring in a box of lego maybe that's where we should start next year <laughs> what have been some of your 
proudest memories or your favorite memories of those what is it now coming up to six years you've done that role now you must have some highlights some favorite memories from those six years oh it's very difficult but uh, of course that one moment where when uh, we were sitting in green room with Kaino and you know we got the public votes and uh, we ha- we had the highest votes for from the public that year and you know uh, and the uh, jury didn't like that song that much so we were like climbing from somewhere down there and right up to number one at that point so and I think we ended up at number six so uh, that was quite special okay Norway are you ready because you got 291 points and now you're of course in first place Norway congratulations you're in the lead sticking with 2019 that of course was the last time Melody Grand Prix just had the one show and then since 2020 we've seen it expand a lot more haven't we with is it five or six shows we tend to get now was that a decision based on the appetite from the fans and from the audience was that the reason that you decided to extend MGP outwards yeah we we try uh every year we try to make it bigger and more spectacular and you know build the brand stronger so uh, to do that, you have to have a team and you have to have, you know, a leadership that believes in the concept and you, you have to, you know, put in the hours, put in the, you know, the resources to, to make that happen. So we have a board of great leaders who, who really feel strongly about Eurovision and MGP and, and so does the team that makes, you know, MGP and that, uh, that's, the delegation for Norway. So that's what we do. We, we want to build it as big as possible. So every year we try to, you know, get better. Just looking back at the last two years, you see, especially in 2020, 2021, we see more shows, we see more audience interaction. And it's, it's great to see. Has any of that been influenced, I wonder, by the success of Melody Festival and Absolutely. I think everybody looks to Sweden because they are like the Eurovision champions, you know, <clears throat> winners, winning so many times and you know, doing so well with their production. So we are inspired by a lot of things. And of course, Melody Festival is one of them. And, but I, th- I think it's also cool. I um, talk to the guys and I, I, to the Swedish guys, and I, I see they get inspired by stuff that we do as well. So it's like, trading ideas and being inspired by each other is a good thing. One curious part about Melody Grand Prix is that we've got the pre-qualified songs. So we've got the ones that we see in the semifinals in the heats, and then we've got some that we only see in the final. And in the two years you've had that format, two pre-qualified songs have won. Is that a concern to you or is that playing on your mind at all that you know, we go through the semifinals ultimately just to have a pre-qualified song that wins in the end. I, th- I think uh, pre-qualified or not, the best song is going to win anyway. And the pre-qualifying thing isn't about putting the best songs in the final. It's It has a lot of different factors. It's more about, you know, having a variation, uh, getting, you know, diversity of different things. So it's more about us having the opportunity to put some songs in there 
there that we really want to be a part of the final. Of course, now we had uh, two times where there's been the pre-qualified songs that have won. Let's see what's happening next. Shall we look ahead to 2022, the next edition of Melody Grand Prix? Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I've done my maths correctly. Am I right in saying it's the 60th, um, 60th year that Melody Grand Prix has been run? I think so. You know, the first one was in 1960. That was, that was the first Norwegian selection. But there's been a couple of years where there was no uh, Melody Grand Prix. I think you're right, but uh, I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> I, I have to Google it. <laughs> I thought you would be the man to know. That's why I asked you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must be good to be planning and preparing for another edition of Melody Grand Prix. And this year, we should, fingers crossed, have an audience again. That must be great to know that you're going to be able to do this large-scale event rather than just in a small-ish TV studio like last time. Yeah, we're actually doing it in a TV studio. Uh, we're not doing it in the big arena, but it's a huge uh, TV studio. So we're going to have audience there, hopefully. It's, um, it's going to be spectacular. You know, uh, making that TV magic, we, just, we don't need those big arenas. But of course, it's great to see such a big audience, um, you know, celebrating. Uh, so we're dreaming about going back to these big arenas next year. But um, for now, I, I, I know that we're going to make a, quite a spectacular show in, in a TV studio with a, a bit smaller audience, but still. And as we're chatting now, it's the beginning of December. So I don't know, maybe you're counting down the days, about six weeks to go, I guess, until the first show. How far through the preparation are you? What has been done, what needs to be done? Give us an idea about what the, the timeline sort of looks like. At this point, we've had the artists and the songs for quite a few weeks. So I think um, first of November or something, we had all the artists, you know, and it's 20, 21 of them. And then we start, you know, doing this uh, postcards thing, the artist presentation, this VTs. And then we have a design group who are working on each number, each act. Of course, we have a lot of things going on uh, regarding the content of the show and stuff. So at this point, we recorded you know, all the artist presentations and that's in the edit- editing process right now. And we're working on the script with the, with the hosts. We're tweaking... We're tweaking everything now to make it make it right, and we're preparing a big cof- press conference on the tenth of January, where we're releasing all the songs and we're putting all the artists out there for you to know who they are. When we chatted to Michael Keeley, the Irish head of delegation, we chatted to him a couple of weeks ago, and we were asking him about what he was looking for in terms of music and songs and songwriters, and one thing that was at the top of his wish list were songwriters who've got a proven track record of success in the music industry. Do you have a a similar wish list or do you have a list of requirements you're looking for when you're selecting songs and artists to compete? I I think the most important thing is that you have an artist and a song that hits people, you know, that makes people feel something, feel something strongly. 
we have some really, really strong artists this year, and uh, I'm very happy with you know the artists and the songs. So I, I, I think I think the perfect thing would be have a really strong artist with a song which is that you get it right away, but at the same time it's quite unique and interesting, so that it's not uh, generic, but it but it's but it still is commercial enough that you get it right away. That, that's what I'm looking for uh, all the time, you know, getting that song that is catchy right away, but still have that out of the box thing, you know, being special, being unique. Do you ever consider other factors? Um, I'm thinking in terms of artists who are well known to the audience. You know, we look back over recent years when Kano is a big one, of course, the returned Alexander Reback, Joust we've seen there a couple of times as well as, as a songwriter. Are you looking at people like this thinking it would be helpful if we had artists who are well known to the audience as well as some new artists that people have never seen before? Is that on your mind when you're choosing them? Absolutely. It's, um, I think a great mix would be, is, is perfect, you know, having some artists that, you know, helps helps you uh, make the whole you know Norwegian selection big you know you have you have to have someone who's gonna be right away interesting for the media and that that is positive for the artist that isn't that known as well because then you have like a lot of attention towards the uh, the show but when you get to Eurovision uh, you can have a famous Norwegian artist and when you bring them into Eurovision, um, Europe might not know who they are. So I think the most important thing is the song and the quality of the artists. And some of the artists, which isn't that known, are maybe even greatest uh, singers or artists, you know, in terms of taking that stage and being convincing. So, um, but a great mix of you know famous names and new stars, new talents. I think that's the way way to do it. How successful has the submission window and period been for for you this year? Was it? Can you give us an idea about how many submissions that that were ended, for example? Uh, I think we gotten about a thousand songs. You know, we have an open window where everybody can send. Their songs. There's a website where you can upload your your uh, files, and then the other part of the job for m- me um, is you know going out there and doing this MGP songwriting camps and calling all the record companies and artists. So um, I think we collected about a thousand songs, and to be honest, um, they're not all great. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny you say that because. Again, when we chatted to Michael Keeley, I asked him, you know, how many songs did you get? And he told us it was around 320 songs they got submitted. And I asked, were they all very good? And he said, no, actually, most of them weren't very good at all. So it's it's interesting that you, you say a similar thing, actually. You know, uh, everybody who sends in songs are, you know, um, they have a dream. They have a certain idea of what they want to do and. For us, we have to be respectful to them and listen to it and giving them that chance to having their songs on MGP. And sometimes we get some really, really good songs for from people who are not that experienced. So everybody should try 
and everybody should go for it. But of course, there there is a big gap between the great, great songs. You know, out of thousand songs, maybe you have a hundred songs that are, you know, okay. And then you have 20, which is really great. That that would be the 20 songs to pick. Well, well done to you and the rest of the team who have to listen to all 1,000 of those songs. No wonder your job lasts a year because you've got to listen to all, <laughs> to all that music. Um, I must ask, because we saw with Tix in the, I think it was the first heat where we saw his song for the first time. He sung in Norwegian. No! And then once we reached the final, he'd changed it to English. Are you happy for artists to do that? Or would you rather see the first song or the first version of the song we see? Would you rather see that the, the one we see continue into Eurovision itself? You know, I, I, th- I think that, um, you know, we, ha- we had a discussion about it. And of course, the artists want their message to be out there for everybody to understand it. But uh, at the same time, it seems like people from other countries think it's quite exotic to listen to artists doing their song in their own language. So, um, and, you know, Portugal, who won in 2018, I think, and you have Italy this this year who won uh, with singing in, in Italian. I don't think it's a disadvantage to, you know, choosing your own uh, language, but... Um, it's basically up to the artist, and we have a healthy conversation about it. I'm open to you know sending songs in Norwegian as well. We we want the best for the artist and for the audience, and we just have to you know have that discussion. But um, well, I will always fight for what I think is best. But at the same time, we have to you know respect the artist's decision as well. Now, finally. Let me ask you about what your hopes are for 2022. Uh, Tix, of course, 18th place in the grand final this year. Are you hoping for, well, naturally, you'd be hoping for uh, an improved result on that. But have you, got a, have you got a target, for example, of a position in the grand final? We're always uh, going for number one. You know, it's, um, <laughs> if, if you're going to be a part of this, you have to aim uh, for the top. Um, it's not easy you know if if we knew what song and what artist that everybody in europe would like we would send that one artist and it's also up to the norwegian people to choose one of those 21 artists and songs so um um we're leaving that to them uh so our job is getting 21 great songs and artists on stage and then we have you know trust in the norwegian people now, I said that was my last question, but I promise this is uh, my last question. Give us one thing to look forward to in Melody Grand Prix in 2022. What should we be looking out for? What one thing can we look look forward to at Melody Grand Prix next year? There's going to be 21 great songs and artists. Uh, what I can tell you, there's a lot of really, really strong singers. There's a big uh, variation in artists and, you know, there's a lot of different musical styles. Uh, so it's going to be really fun and entertaining. It's not going to be boring at all. I, I, I promise you that it's going to be really exciting and 
there's a lot of great artists and, and songs there. Just what we like to hear. And Steak, you are clearly a man who keeps secrets very, very well. <laughs> so Steak, thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate you taking the time out to chat to us here on the Eurotrip. Thank you so much. Thank you to you guys. Thank you. This is the Eurotrip. Yet another fascinating head of delegation chat here on the Euro trip and rest assured we will I feel like I've said the phrase rest assured a lot on the podcast this week I'll say it again rest assured we will endeavor to get some more of them on between now and Turin and beyond because they always give such a unique insight into what it takes to take a country to Eurovision the logistics behind it the different approaches that different countries have honestly thoroughly interesting so uh, thank you James and thank you Stig if you're listening for joining us and I think he said he was willing to uh, pop back on so hopefully we'll uh, we'll have him back yeah fingers crossed as we heard from him there you'd think a head of delegation job is just a few months a year but for him and his extra role as exec producer of Melody Grand Prix and all sorts of other things for NRK he is doing that job all year round so he's a very busy man and very lucky to have him on the podcast this week now as the smell of freshly made tomato soup wafts across my nostrils I can tell you that it is almost time for us to uh, wrap up this week's episode of the Euro Trip. And I'm going to ask you another question, everybody, uh, simply because I'm interested in Spotify Wraps got me intrigued. It's been a while since I asked, where are you listening? So where are you listening to this week's episode? As it draws to a close, let us know at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Get in touch. Hello at EuroTripPodcast.com on the socials. James, is your gran had a listen while doing some more ironing? Or, or have we got an update from her on whether or not she's been able to listen to any of our recent episodes? Do we know? I've got no idea. It's been a few weeks since I've heard anything from her about the podcast. She's fine. She's getting on just nicely, but don't know if she's been listening. She may have had, uh, I don't know, some of her other favourite podcasts on loop as she's been doing the ironing each week. <laughs> yeah, what was your grandma's Spotify wrapped? I'd love to find out. <laughs> Oh, I mentioned it there. It is time for us to say goodbye, but not before, of course, the one second song, which is where me and James take it in turns to play each other the first second of a Eurovision song. Now, we, of course, have to guess the song, but there are four points on offer. They are for the song title, for the year the song was performed, for the artist who performed the song. And because I've done that in such a bizarre order, I've forgotten the extra point, James. The country, the song, and the artist represented as well. And then also a bit of a tenuous bonus fifth point for you to try and guess how the song is tenuously linked to this week's episode. Now, thanks to listener Martin's spreadsheet, I can tell you that the scores are currently James 9, Rob 4. So if I get a full house this week, I am in with a chance of almost drawing level. Uh, James, do you want to play me this week's one second song for the first time? Yeah, let's do it. Don't forget you can play along at home as well. So for you and for you as well, Rob, let's hear this week's one second song. That sounds incredibly dramatic, but I'm incredibly clueless as to what that might be. Do you know what? When I got this one second song, I thought there is no chance at all that you're going to score any points. I am very evil with this one. You will know the song for sure, but from that first second or two, I really don't think you're going to have a chance. And I'm sorry, but just the way it goes just want to try and maintain that lead that you've got don't you that's what you're trying to do let's let's have another listen then 
Oh, I know it. You've said it there. It's one of those where once you tell me which song it is, I'm going to go, oh, of course it's that song. But I'm going to try and work backwards here from the tenuous link and see if that gets us anywhere. So what have we talked on this week's podcast? We've talked Junior. We've talked Norway. We've talked the Czech Republic. So I'm going to say it's one of those that's that's involved. I'm going to say that it is Norway... 1990 I'm going to go for it Norway 1995 Nocturne Secret Garden Ah well I'll put you out your misery straight away because I know you're desperate for some of that tomato soup but I'm afraid you are 21 years out (laughs) So close then Very very close in fact we are in 2016 you do actually forgive me you get some points because you said Norway so you do get a point for Norway because it was Norway 2016. Do you remember who it was now? It was Agnet with Icebreaker. Let's take a listen. Every night before I sleep, I shiver down my spine. Thoughts alive. What can I do to make you listen? Like a northern light, you're dancing over every border. Mainly annoyed because this is one of my favourite Norwegian Eurovision entries of all time and I thought Agnet was robbed that this didn't make the final in 2016. Yeah, you and me both, one of my favourites from Norway over the years, but sadly you didn't get it. But you do have an extra point to pop onto the tally. Can you figure out the tenuous link to this week's podcast as well? We hadn't always had a delegation on and Stig Carlson's first year as head of delegation was with that song. Honestly, you're absolutely right. I kept it simple on that respect this week, so very well done. You get the bonus point. Bonus point, which makes it 6-9? Something like that. You're catching up, Rob. You're catching up. Honestly, I'm on your coattails. Very, very exciting. And uh, and we will return with a one-second song next week. Our final one-second song before Junior Eurovision. So very, very exciting. Don't forget, we'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode. And then after that, we've got our junior Eurovision specials. And if you stayed this long, let me tease you a little bit more. Because during the Christmas and New Year period, we've got two festive specials, two long interviews with two massive names in the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. So those are not to be missed. You've got bonus podcasts coming out of your ears over the next few weeks here on the Euro Trip. And next week's big guest, I should say as well, is a very, very exciting one relating to both Junior Eurovision and Eurovision. Mm. That's all we'll say. So you can have a think about that until we join you again next week. But don't forget, you can keep in touch with us. We are at Eurotrip Podcast or on the email, we are hello at eurotrippodcast.com. But until we join you again next Wednesday, just a few days before Junior Eurovision 2021, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's goodbye. And from me, Rob, as I practice for next week, bonsoir. Have we ever asked each other what Eurovision song you would choose for Eurovision karaoke? I don't think we ever have. Uh, Our golden boy. 
I reckon. Oh, what a shout. Only if I could wear the gold trainers. Mm, I think he might have them. I don't think they'll fit my feet either. I'm a size 13. Blimey. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.